man, that's pretty. We could do a duet. It's a privilege for me. She's 28. He's 88. It's whether or not they want to sing with me, though. I don't know. I told you, I don't like to be anywhere but cheek to cheek when you're in the room. An amazing privilege. Rod's done a duet with you. Too much, you guys. Mixed power is physical and visual. David's a steel and big. I was thrilled to work with you. Let's hope we do it again. We sing all the time, duets, you know. So I was thinking, this sounds kind of Italian. So I called Zuccaro. He's 88. It's whether or not they want to sing with me, though. I don't know. I told you, I don't like to be anywhere but cheek to cheek when you're in the room. An amazing privilege. Rod's done a duet with you. Too much, you guys. Mixed power is physical and visual. David's a steel and big. I was thrilled to work with you. Let's hope we do it again. We sing all the time, duets, you know. So I was thinking, this sounds kind of Italian. So I called Zuccaro. For this first one, I've started with a song that is probably the first star vehicle I'm aware of. I was mm. aware of. So we're going to start here. And what we're going to try and do is connect through six different duets. We're going to try and do a full orbit. And we're going to try and get back to one of these stars from the first song by connecting okay. with diff- different duets. Cool. Let's go. Well, this song, which is Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson, The Girl Is Mine. It's Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney. Oh, is it? Yeah. It was a Michael Jackson yeah. release. Ah, yeah, of course. I fucked that up. And on, on it's the, all right. On the... <laughs> On the credits, I guess it's Michael Jackson first. It's a, uh, yeah, it's Michael Jackson, Paul McCartney release, isn't it? Yeah, right. Okay. Even though, like, the credits sometimes say something different depending on who wrote, you know, more or whatever. Uh, who wrote this one? Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's um <laughs> it's written by Michael Jackson apparently. <laughs> apparently. apparently. But there's been, yeah. yeah. I mean there's been um there's been two at least well, yeah, two that I know of, two copyright infringement suits brought against him for this song. Really? Yeah. By by um, a songwriter that provided CBS with a duet demo called Please Love Me Now. He supplied this in 1982, but this song was written, this song was written before that, I think. So he kind of, he's got thrown out. Okay. Yeah, so he didn't get anywhere of his. But then there was another one in 1993 that um, it was some old school friends. No, not old school friends, old neighbours. 
two guys that knew him when he was young and they said that they thought that he might have stolen this song or this melody or whatever uh, from one of theirs. And I can't find their songs anywhere. I don't think they're available. It's got to be bollocks, hasn't it? They're just trying yeah. to make it work. Yeah, well, he had to go for a whole massive three-hour deposition, which is mm. uh, fascinating because it tells you exactly how he wrote it. And there's even a tape of him um, beatboxing his way through the early sketching out of the idea. Yeah. And that was an early beatbox, was it? That this this was this is this is how Michael Jackson writes. This is how he writes. Mm. He's not a he's not a sitting at a keyboard kind of or guitar kind of writer. He's more just makes all the sounds that he hears in his head. He says that he's you know it, it comes to him. He's he doesn't know where it comes from. It just comes and it's it's just channeled. And uh, he would use a tape recorder and and beatbox his way through a song, doing the vocals, doing the what he thinks the rhythm should be adding um strings and stuff like this and, and naming it while he's doing it so he'll like do a noise and say strings it's really really good i'm definitely gonna uh, listen to that there's a strange thing in it though where he he kind of explains and i don't know why he's explaining it on his own tape it's coaching himself it's like don't write it just let it write itself just let it come yeah. to you does he know that this is going to be a, a deposition at some point in his life. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird. Yeah. So, you know, hmm, mm. did, did he write? <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that that tape could be fabricated. Well, it's like what? four track. Yeah. Why has he put, why has he said that during the recording of it? Like, does he say that every time you record something on a tape? Just feel it. Just, just feel, it's just Michael. Don't don't try and write it. Don't create it. Let it create it's itself. Just, I I have seen no reason to doubt Michael Jackson on this one. Like that's he's just coaching himself. He's a spiritual man. Although actually, if I was fucking recording something with with beatbox and you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that on the recording. I'd be like Ross, just feel it. Come on. Okay, now go three, two, one. Then I'd press record. The best thing about this is the um, the opposing attorney because Michael Jackson just keeps he can't help himself but sing along with it, and it's the, yeah. and he's like he's grooving to it and, it's, and even kind of uh, yeah. predicts bits that come up that weren't in the later version that were just in this demo or this tape. And at the, yeah. at the beginning of, at the beginning of the tape, he says, "I haven't heard this in years." And it's like you don't know what to think about this, but the uh, the other attorney is just like objection, objection, no questions. He's only allowed to answer questions. He's not allowed to right. just like. Just, just a talk freestyle. Oh yeah. So he's Naughty playing. Michael. So yeah, he's just like going longer. <laughs> great. That sounds great. I mean, he's probably just like can't help himself. Basically. He can't help himself, and he's nervous as well. He's probably. Oh, he and he's to he's he's totally high as well on painkillers because he's got some wisdom tooth stuff going on. I'm not sure if they're being mm. taken out or had been taken out or what. But he had lots of uh, painkillers during the time. And he yeah. does, he kind of, he's groggy at, at certain points. I mean, he's pretty painkillered up for most of his life, isn't he? Until, mm. yeah, you can't be that big, that successful without for that painkiller long. addiction. For that <laughs> long. <laughs> without no chomping way. on a few uh, extra, you know, curricular. Extra biscuits. You know, goodies. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so like 
So this song, man, I mean, yeah. This oh, song, yeah, let's talk about the song because it's just, uh, I love it. It's probably my first introduction to the idea of a duet as well. Yeah. I mean, other than maybe you might have heard things from musicals or you might have heard the like duos like Simon and Garfunkel or, or the Everly Brothers or something like that, you may have heard. But like this as like two stars put together on the, for the purpose of a pop duet, I think this has got to be my first. When was it released? 82. Uh, 82. 82. So I would have been five. So I think this is, and I, my dad pretty much got it as soon as it was released. I remember that. And yeah. everyone was like so into it. So it probably would have been the first thing. I mean, Garfunkel and, and Simon or Simon and Garfunkel, which is their common name. Because <laughs> <laughs> Garfunkel was the lead writer, right? Yeah, but they just covered it up because <laughs> Simon's a bastard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can tell Simon's much more successful business brain. Manipulated, yeah. poor old fluffy, fluffy face, Garfunkel. Well, not fluffy Gar- face. Not really fluffy. I always think he had a fluffy face, but it's probably his no, hair no. leading. He's not. He's not Jeff Lynne. Okay, does Jeff Lynne have a fluffy face? Jeff Lynne's like Art Garfunkel, but like all like three sixty all over his all uh, over. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So is Art Garfunkel though, kind of. Although no, he doesn't no, have quite it's just like, it's like a space, it's like a space helmet, like an open space helmet um, of of fluff. Okay, yeah, just the, yeah, around the top and around, like a crown, like a like a pagan kind of a sun god. Yeah, and he's always got a very sort of like beautific smile on his face, isn't he, Garfunkel? Yeah, kind of like, or just high. I don't know. Um, okay, well we diverge. Let's yeah. Get back on the uh, six degrees. Let's get back to the song. Yeah. So, yes, it was the first duet probably I heard, and I fucking loved it. Yeah. And all the little bits. It's just so sweet. It just grows and grows. Uh, just more little harmonies kick in. And, and it's then like the middle eight. Super breezy. Yeah. Just breezes on. It's like that muted guitar kind of rhythm. And the finger snap, it's just, ah, it's just, yeah, beautiful. Totally. So this was, okay, (laughs) Michael Jackson wrote this. Paul McCartney agreed to sing it. It's improved, it's been proved twice in court. uh, (laughs) Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Due to legal reasons, we should say that. Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson like this. <laughs> um, yeah. Paul McCartney has so, no has no basis to uh, to fight for the rights to this one. So Michael Jackson was like, "Hey, I got this song. It's about us fighting over a girl." Um, it was apparently Quincy that got him to um, to write it. That's what he said. That's what Michael says. Mm. What had just happened is at this time, Ebony and Ivory had just come out. Right. So I was, okay. So I think there was like, ooh, hmm. You know, you've There's you've a... written, you've written with Paul before, haven't you, Michael? Why don't you get Paul to do this with you? Ah, the sort of ebony ivory dollar. Well, Paul and Paul and Michael had um, had already recorded some stuff together in the previous year. 
So say 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 say, and another one that was that were released a couple of years later that didn't get any yeah didn't get out until uh, Pipes of Peace album. So they'd already recorded because Michael Jackson somehow got Paul's number and rang it cold called him in um, Mm. late eighty, like a couple of weeks a couple of weeks after John Lennon got shot. Right. Shit. That's so, a bit suspicious, isn't it? It is a bit suspicious. Even when, and then when you read some of what Quincy has said about Michael Jackson, because Quincy came out with this interview in 2018, just before he was uh, released. He, I think he had a big special on Oprah Winfrey and he had, another, he had a documentary come out on Netflix. And he was like doing the, doing the uh, press. And he has this interview, an extraordinary interview, where he just kind of just calls everyone out. And he said that um, Michael Jackson was a Machiavellian motherfucker. Really? Yeah, he says that he stole stole a lot of stuff, stole a lot of songs. He reckons that Billie Jean was stolen from State of Independence, the Donna Summer hit. Mm-hmm. He says that Don't Stop Till You Get Enough was written by, was part written by uh, the keyboardist, Greg Fillingaines, but he didn't get any credit for it. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's some kind of truth in some of these lawsuits that came up. Who knows? Mm, Who knows? But he also had a go at at uh, McCartney. Mm. Just said that he was, you know, the Beatles were the worst musicians you'd ever heard. When did he he say that? He said this this, on this interview, this same interview. So Quincy's saying that. Quincy. (laughs) I mean, come on, Quincy's played with the, he's, he's, and he's arranged and he's conducted and he's, the, you know, he's um, programmed festivals and stuff with the best musicians the world's ever seen. So he can kind of get away with saying stuff like that, can't he? Especially yeah. when he's, talk, he's talking about Ringo not being able to keep some time when he was recording him in, back in 1970. To be honest, yeah, Quincy can get away with that. Yeah. yeah. All right then. But it, so I was just asking, it wasn't Michael saying that he thought the Beatles were the worst musicians no no because no, michael pretty, loves the beatles pretty. doesn't it oh michael, michael does, yeah. is a lover you know not a fighter obviously he's mm-hmm. a lover of macca he is and his music yeah and he loved it so much that he bought it all didn't he oh yeah he did yeah <laughs> yeah and what happened there he, wa- he warned him michael he warned him. yeah yeah because i was re- watching that documentary and he's like I'm going to buy your music and uh, <laughs> I'm going to buy all your songs. <laughs> and uh, McCartney's just going, yeah, okay. All right. Uh, and he just, I'm going to buy him. And he keeps on saying it and then he does. And it's a bit weird, that, isn't it? How do you explain it? Is. it? it is. Yeah. It is because he's like, he's kind of like threatening him in a, in a, I think he uses his childish kind of charm. But underneath, he's like, he's, he's, he can wind people up. He's, I yeah. think he, he likes, you're he, saying like, you know, when he recorded with McCartney, he had, really, they had loads of fun. It was his best time in the studio because they were like kibitzing. I've never heard that, that phrase before, but I think it's like Jewish word for what, like just taking the piss, like having fun. Okay. You know, winding each other up. I probably said that yeah. wrong. But like, yeah, I think he likes to just, you know, play games and stuff. It's just very childish. And uh, silly, mm. but then, but then, is there some kind of underlying kind of a, uh, you know, 
kind of Machiavellian stuff, like Quincy says. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. If he's kind of um, this song, The Girl Is Mine, obviously Michael wants it to be his song and come out on his record, and he also wants to buy Macca's, you know, songs in the future. So does yeah. he want to get one over on on Macca? Because it's, um, it's, it's fun to think that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll, I'm going to think that. Yeah. yeah, because in the song, let's face it, Macca wins. Really, he oh, wins Macca, the girl. Macca pisses all over him because he's he, yeah. he, because McCartney almost. There's there's the bit at the end where he's he kind of just goes. I think it's in the spoken bit. Yeah, it's, it's in the spoken bit where he just goes. Ugh. And just does this kind of sigh, like, just stop it. You're not going to win. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to win this. He says, I've heard it all before. And then he lays down the, his tongue-twisting truth. Like, she told me that I'm her forever lover, you know. Don't you remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but after loving me, she said she couldn't love another. Yeah, but you just don't uh, believe anything that Michael says. You're like, no. well, he, she would definitely go with the older man who looks like he's funny and charming rather than the weird sort of lizard boy. Yeah, the new alien on the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, although maybe, who knows, that back then, Michael maybe was seen as an attractive man. Do you, how do you think oh, he was? A, he, was a, he was beautiful. Of course. Yeah, right back. Right, that was. is like peak Jackson looking beautiful time, isn't it? Yeah. 80, so do you think if there was really like this uh, sort of rivalry between them, do you think Macca in any way thought that, you know? No, Jackson Macca doesn't, was a, Macca was a doesn't rival. care. No, 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 not at all. I, I think he's, he's totally like, I just want to, you know, this guy's cool. I just want to, you know, why not have fun with him? Mm. Like, I, I think he just was um, up for a maybe widening his audience, you know, like with, with yeah. Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson. And he was like, because he just finished with Wings. So he was like a solo artist now. And he, he was just about to bring out his Tug of War album, which is after McCartney 2, which was his like uh, self-contained kind of on his own album, wasn't it? And then he did Tug of War, which is back with George Martin and Jeff Emmerich and his like huge production kind of stuff. So he was going for the big. He was going for the the big time again. He wants to work with as many people, you know, inflate his fan base. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, get his career to take off even further than. Yeah, I think Wings had run its course, and he was like, right, you know, I can I can do this better on my own with just my name. And uh, yeah, sorry, uh, me. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just really annoying. annoying. Is it Michael Jackson? Because he does get numbers. He just finds numbers. <laughs> <laughs> he just calls yeah. people up. Like he called he called Will I Am up, didn't he? He did. And they made a remix together, didn't they? Oh yeah. In two thousand eight. Yeah. yeah. That's that's pretty bad. It's funny. Yeah, Do you yeah. think it was Michael Jackson's idea to get rid of Macca? Oh, oh fucking hell. I wanna yeah. I wanna make another version, but without that. Old bastard, <laughs> all over it, waddling all over it. I this is when he was, the girl. This is when he was still. This is when he was actually at, at loggerheads. Well, not loggerheads because I, I think he just ignored him. McCartney has said, like subsequently, he kind of he would try and get a bit more money from his deal that um, 
in the publishing deal that, that um, Jackson had control of. And he would, he was like, come on, you know, can you, can you just give me a bit more, you know? Yeah. And, and Jackson was like, just ignored him. So maybe, yeah, Jackson was like, get Paul out. Cause I was thinking it's Will I am. He's just trying to, you know, gag in on it and break in and just kind of put his own, cause you've got him kind of saying ridiculous stuff over the top. Like she's mine, yeah. she's mine. All this kind of stuff. I yeah. thought, but maybe you're right. I am maybe. coming in. Yeah. Maybe you're right. It's, 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 it's Michael. <laughs> she likes yeah, the way out. Think... She likes the way out. Yeah. I mean, listeners, have a listen to yourselves if you want. I mean, you can skip it, I think. Mm. So uh, you should probably should skip it after a few minutes because it doesn't, well, a few seconds. But um, yeah, that's funny that he would be prepared to put that out, really, when it's just such a poor you know version of the the original yeah it's like what does he do he, like it sounds terrible he starts with like a kind of sexual healing marvin gay like drum intro and then he starts and then he puts these bass farts all the way through the verse while michael's mm. singing it's like what yeah this is, what is going on you lost all the breeziness that and the lightness of the song and just turned it into like just terrible like a cheap and modern it's... song it's a feat, isn't it? It's a featuring. It's um, it just means that the other person has to go yo yo whatever over the top, yeah, yeah here a, and there. A, it's a feat, and it removes the duet, like the whole story, because the, yeah. the duet has a little story. The original. It was written as a duet. Yeah, it was written is, as, a, as a feat. No, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically, like, who? How did Macca lose all her his uh, rights to his songs then? Oh, well, that was to do with um, Dick Francis, wasn't it? Dick Fran- I think Epstein and Dick Francis, who's the publisher for the... Dick James or Dick Francis? Sorry, who's Dick... <laughs> Dick Francis is, is, a, is an author. <laughs> <laughs> is it, uh, yeah, Dick Francis uh, writes what? funny like books with, like, bums like, with downers and horses. Down and pilots? Stuff. Down pilots, uh, maybe? Man- Maybe down pilots that are downed in a sort of uh, in a horse sanctuary, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then find women with jodhpurs uh, and whips. Oh, oh what? You're, Jackie, you're, you're, you're from Jilly Cooper, Jackie France. Oh, Jilly Cooper, yeah. Or, jo- oh, Dick, or Jackie. Oh God. <laughs> Jackie Collins. Jackie Collins. I think they just had the same sort of um, font. So cover art why i got yeah. confused yeah yeah and i had to like make a big fuck up just to match yours so you don't feel so bad to, yeah you know. so dick 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 jones dick jones no okay james. <laughs> is it dick james <laughs> dick, dick, dick james. james dick james the uh owned uh, the original manager was he of the Beatles? no 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 what happened was dick james uh, Epstein, Lennon and McCartney all made a company called Northern Songs and it was majority owned by Dick James. Okay. So they owned the publishing to the Lennon-McCartney songs and George and Ringo's many, many, many hits. Mm. So they, um, I think Lennon and McCartney only had 20% of that each. So okay. Dick James had about 50, 
Epstein had about 10 and McCartney and Lennon had 20 each. And Dick, Dick, Dick Francis, Dick James, uh, <laughs> he uh, sold it in 69. Uh, mm. after, after kind of, I think he kind of had some, uh, McCartney and Lennon were trying to get more out of the deal. And Dick Francis, oh God, I can't stop saying Dick Francis. <laughs> Just say Francis, <laughs> Dick Francis. We know who you mean. Anyway, he sold it and it got sold to ATV Music and then uh, Michael Jackson bought ATV Music. Paul McCartney didn't want to rebuy the rights to his songs for an extortionate amount of money. As you wouldn't, yeah. 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 And, ja- and Jackson wouldn't, wouldn't um, you know, kind of re- re-deal with him and re-deal with how much him and John Lennon's estate got for all those songs. It reminds me, actually, of when I got my Veriflex skateboard stolen from uh, down near the uh, down the road. After a while, mum said, OK, I'll get you another one. Went to the skateboard shop in Burgess Hill. And outside, there was this guy skating around on what looked like the very same Veriflex <laughs> skateboard that I'd never seen anywhere else. I didn't even want fucking Veriflex anyway. It was all my fucking annoying dad would pay for. But... Um, yeah, and there it was, just skating outside. And I was like, I don't want to have to buy this new one when that's my skateboard out there. So that's what, how Macca must have felt. Well, he didn't buy it in the first place. He made it. <laughs> he created it. He made, <laughs> he made yeah. the skateboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then someone else just had it. Bought the, bought the uh, rights to that skateboard. Even... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> without him even saying that they, they could. And he didn't even want to give the skateboard away. Well, no, because... I don't know. Because when he created that skateboard, his dad, um, you know, owned the pen that drew that skateboard. And because it's his dad, his dad, sold, you know, could he had more control. Yeah. Yeah. Poor little skateboard maker. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how we remember Paul McCartney. <laughs> the Veriflex skateboard creator. But <laughs> let, this song is much better than a Veriflex skateboard. It is. So it's fantastic. It's, it's very good. Like, um, one of the best middle eights. It's, wonder, it's wonderful, isn't it? It just flies. It's wonderful. It flies, yeah. Then you got the whole conversation at the end, which uh, uh, those yeah. bits I remember. That's the bit I remember the most. And also what I remember, well, the, of course, the, I don't believe you, how he comes out of the conversation. It's like he just breaks out of it like, and back into the yeah. song. Do you think that was an ad lib? I don't believe you know the girl. Yeah, mine, yeah. mine, mine. And then like they add the harmonies, mine, 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 into the, that bit and it locks the um, ad lib back into I think, the song. Yeah, I think, yeah, well. I think it's an ad lib. Yeah. Yeah. Nice that. Mine, mine. <laughs> well, the other thing that I did want to say, did you, do you remember yeah. the, because um, I used to look at this, uh, I used to look at the LP um, lyrics sheet, because this was the, the, on the Thriller album, it would be the sleeve, the records, the record sleeve, the one, the, you know, the paper one inside that the record comes out of. That would be, that's the lyrics. And on each side, there's a little sketch by Michael Jackson in the middle. And one of them is um, his kind of idea of thriller, maybe 
you know, before they did the video, I don't know. Well, yeah, because I didn't do the video for like maybe a year until a year after the album was released. So this must have been well early on his idea of Thriller. And it's got a picture of like the TV and they're watching a horror film and the kind of arms are coming out. It's a good little sketch. And then on the other side is a sketch for The Girl Is Mine. And this one's a bit more disturbing because it's got Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney, a really good caricature of Paul McCartney. His face mm. looks looks just like, you know, that kind of baby face McCartney with the long eyelashes that, that all the girls went wild for in the early 60s. Yeah. And, and they're both wearing kind of preppy uh, clothes, which Michael Jackson was really into at that time. If you look, look at all his releases, all the single releases from the Thriller album, he's just wearing a selection of like bow ties and sweaters and a coat. Oh. <laughs> uh, did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> just okay, you better go. Stepped out to uh, mine, mine, mine. Little sound I heard. Mine, mine, mine. And it is the harmonies. Mine, mine, mine. Mine, mine, mine. Better go. Okay. All right, then. Mine, mine, mine. See you later. Mine, mine, mine. The harmonies. So we've just done Girl Is Mine. Mm. And we're going to follow... Which way should we follow? Should we go Jackson or McCartney? Where do you want to go? Down Jackson. Jacks, Jackson's Jackson's uh, line. So Jackson had... I don't, I don't mind. Yeah, we'll go Jackson. So Jackson had, has, had done many, many duets, actually. A lot of them are kind of... I've, not uncredited, but kind of not particularly, like, I don't think he kind of wanted his name to be out there too much or, like, the record company didn't want it. To, I don't know, you'd use McCart- Michael to um, sell your record, wouldn't you? Yeah. To be honest, I didn't. I don't really see him as a duet kind of guy much, apart from that Paul McCartney one. Well, he did a few with Paul McCartney, didn't he? And he... Yeah. He did, he did a... Um, he did. He did a really big one on on his own album. I just can't stop loving you, which is uh, a big power ballad with with Seda Garrett. She was a songwriter, so she was a good singer. Mm. And she and she'd been. I think she'd been a Motown artist. She'd been on Motown label, but wasn't a big star. Mm. So she so she'd gone into songwriting and she wrote "Man in the Mirror" with her songwriting partner, and then. I think someone was didn't turn up to the to sing it, or he wanted to practice it when that person wasn't there, or something. So he got her to sing it with him, and it just worked. So they thought, right, fuck it, we'll just go with Seda. Right. And yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a big one. That's a real big power ballad. Yeah, but I never even think of it as a duet at all. Just think of it as a Michael Jackson song. Right, yeah, I suppose, because he's so overpowering. Yeah, I can't even, like, hardly recall the... I just think of it as a backing, a BV. Well, it is, she, she she does, like, her own verse, maybe... Does she? You know, a verse, at least, a, at least one wiry. verse. Just, just, give me, just give me a little bit. I, you don't have to sing. Just give me a little bit of the first verse. How's it go? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. 